Welcome to Integrated Rhythm, which is Homo and Bobby. Two swing dancing besties navigating race and the black experience in swing dancing, jazz dancing, and other Afrocentric social dancing. In today's episode, we talk about the most recent move together, build back together talk that was done a few weekends ago. That talk was also really exciting for me because I got to see Chisomo and we got to see Laurel Ryan and we got to see Nico Centino as well as so many other incredible people, many of which we hope to eventually have on the podcast. So it was a great time. You know, in that intense, educational, cathartic way that anything at this point in the world is is an enjoyable time. So the other thing we want to do before you get started in this episode is we want to take a brief moment. We're on to like 32 episodes now, and we want to take a moment to thank some of our great patrons who've helped out. Now, a lot of people have helped out, and it's been wonderful, and I know that a lot of you have given small doses here and there in donations, and we can't thank you enough. We really, really appreciate it. It helps us keep the lights on, as it were, in this studio of our minds. And the uh, we do also have some patrons from Patreon who give monthly, and we have two enormous donors who really helped us, you know, helped us be able to survive and do this kind of thing during the pandemic. And so we want to thank, first off, Lawrence Kalantari. Thank you so much for all of your support. And Karen Schreiber. Karen is amazing, and Karen, it's not your fault that your parents didn't know about the whole Karen situation and what would happen. You are an awesome Karen. You are a Karen who is so not a Karen and we love you and we thank you so much for your support. And we also have some patrons to thank from our Patreon. And so we would like to give a shout out to those names really quick. We've got, I'm so sorry, I'm going to mess up these names and I don't want to. So I'm going to try to do the best I can. And I apologize if I do mess up. We have Amy Sorensen, Nika Jin, Emily Benz, Angel Genio, Nick Krushank, Taylor Stender. I hope you're listening. You're probably going to hear some of your friends' names. Selena Cruz, Ryan Lamar, Kaylin Halliday, Tara Slowinski, Rebecca Harris, Lori Taniguchi. We talk about Lori in this very episode. She's awesome. Christian Frommelt, Allison Frey, Lucy Mazanti. Gary Chi, Laura Winley, and Lynn Maslin. Thank y'all so much for your support and your ongoing support. It means so much to us. And anyone who's given anything, we thank you so much for both your monetary support and your spiritual support, especially if you can't give any of the money. Uh, we appreciate so much your spiritual support. All right. Hit it, Michelle and Laurel. Rhythm. Integrated rhythm with your soul and Bobby. One more time. Rhythm. I can hear you now. It was frozen for a hot second, but you know, we're talking about life, right? Yeah. My internet connection is unstable. That's, that's the truth. Oh, no internet. Oh man. It's okay. I just one of the many things that are unstable right now. Computers. (laughs) So you, you know, we're all just, we're holding on, you hold on, you get, you know, you just try to keep it together as best you can. We won't uh, judge each other. We'll just call each other in, not out. And then 
We can all be, exactly. as Chisomo calls it, optimistic. We'll be optimistic. So I'm I'm optimistic, but more than that, I'm optimistic. So well. And this this is our special move together, build back together, check it out episode. So uh, if you're listening to this, please don't assume that you've heard the entire epic talk, move together, build back together. This is a conversation we're having about the talk. This is not a summation of all of its values. Um, not anywhere near that. So you should definitely go check it out. The move together, build back together. You can just type that into YouTube, click, 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 hit enter, and then you'll see it. It's about three hours. So maybe take it in some chunks because it is so much great information. It's a lot of, it's a lot of awesome information, very dense, but that's a way of saying maybe take it in a few hour chunks, take some notes, take a breather, come back to it. But I, I just thought overall it was just uh, it was a fantastic time. Plus, we got to see Shar Shar. We got to see Chisomo rocking it several times throughout the presentation. Rocking it. Yeah, it was a privilege to be a part of that presentation. And so I would say um, if if you are an organizer for a dance scene or if you are a participant, if you've thought about dancing, if you've thought about engaging in events to any degree, you should definitely watch it. So, you know, like everyone who would be <laughs> listening to this podcast. Except anyone for... who listens to this podcast, 100%. Well, because like some of the topics, you might be like three hours. I know I get it because whenever I see something, um, if someone's like, oh, watch this video, it's 15 minutes. I'm like, nah, brah, nah. Oh, oh. Is there uh, a shorter <laughs> version of it? Can you just, you I can might... watch it like 1.5 speed. Exactly. You might be like, why should I spend three hours watching this presentation? Well, it has really great information about um, COVID-19 and group gatherings, basically of any kind. Um, so if you're wondering, like, how can I engage or what's safe in terms of COVID-19, there, there are doctors involved with this presentation. Um, if you're curious about hiring practices, when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice, there's a specialist associated with that. If you want to know about um, a variety of different topics, there, it's embedded in that presentation. There's so much. Oh yeah, and like if if you if you care about the number of letters behind people's names, this presentation yeah. has got you covered. There are so many letters after people's names, doctors and associate professors and and um, other doctors. Yeah, it's it's very very experienced crowd, and you can, you can tell based on how much information they give you in a, in in such a short amount of time. Yes, exactly. And so, so definitely check it out. Check it out. Uh, so the, so we're just going to run over a few thoughts that we had on it. Again, this is not at all inclusive of the entire value of the thing. You really got to go watch it yourself, but we're just going to, you know, chat about, chat about some of the things that we saw. Um, so let's see, starting off, Dr. Kasim, I believe that's how you pronounce yes. uh, their name. I'm the um, Yes, she's amazing. Personal uh, here. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Um, you know, and she one of the things that struck me is she talked about how it's it's all about looking at this through your everyday lens, right? This is not just something um having a better eye towards um, you know, the black experience and and racial experiences in America is not just about like the next swing event you go to, but it's about how you look at it through everything in your life. Uh, and you know that that reminded me as a you know as a swing teacher, 
the things that my students are likely to pick up the quickest and get the best are things that we can immediately apply to like their everyday life, right? You know, think about like working on your dance posture, that kind of stuff. Like that's not just stuff for your dancing. That's stuff that you can walk out the door and practice right away. And it, so, yeah, that just kind of reminded me of that really like fundamental learning concept that if it's something that you can make a habit of you every day, that's, that's a great thing. Yeah. I, um, I really liked that as she talked about, and so just to give a background, once again, like Bobby said, everyone has several letters behind their name. And so Dr. Kasim, um, her uh, PhD is in social justice and specific to diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. And so she has, like, she's able to deliver information about the history of racism and where we are today and how to move forward. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant line. Um, and so I loved her reminder about reciprocal engagement. And so um, one of the anecdotes to not understanding um, disadvantage, not understanding racism, not understanding power and privilege is exchanging stories and, um, and connecting with people in a reciprocal way. And so um, I personally feel like our podcast does a really nice job of existing in the space, Bobby, because that's, that's essentially what this is set up to do is for us to share stories and to have a platform um, to elevate stories that might not have been otherwise that people might otherwise not have easy access to. Um, and so when I think oftentimes when we think about how can we dismantle racism or how can we dismantle systems of oppression, we think about like these big overarching things. These like, let's get um, more people in government, more people in education, more people. And while all of that is necessary, that is made more easily by what you just said, if we were all to ask questions in our every day, we would build a better society because we're beginning to interrogate things individually on our own, right? So um, I, I agree with you. I, I love, absolutely adore her and all the things that she has to say. And then she had that uh, really killer mic drop moment at the end of her speak where she was talking about how, how you know, you get nothing but but you get nothing but good things out of a diverse group of, right. of people working together. Like the diversity just brings so many more strengths that people don't know about, you know, that because people aren't from that cultural background. So they don't, they don't, you know, they don't think to look for ideas in the, in the same way that the people from different cultural backgrounds look for their ideas. And you know, she that the big mitrock moment was was when she was like, you know, when she was like, hey, you know, if if the COVID response had been done from a very diverse group of of researchers and scientists and 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 government people trying to like work out a plan, she was like, it would have gone a lot better than mm -hmm. it did. And, you know, that's one of those, that's one of those uh, things when you, when you look at all what she had said and everything, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. I, I could totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you don't know what you don't know. So um, you might feel like nothing is missing in your life. You know, um, being, we, as people seek often sameness, we, we seek to connect to, and, um, and to feel like we are, 
in a place in where a place where we're accepted and that often leads to um homogeneous oh my goodness a homogeneous experience where we are we find people who are just like us um so when we're comfortable we often don't realize what we're missing but as you mentioned diversity adds so much beauty and interesting perspective things that we would have never thought of to make life richer and so when we have diverse leadership or when we have diverse representation then we get to do these really cool things but we don't have access to that until we we start to open the doors and um, dismantle the systems that are preventing that but we don't know what we don't know we don't know how much better our current life and existence could be until we expose ourselves to difference and so yeah After that, we had Nico, Nico, our friend, Nico, who was on our last episode, by the way. So if you haven't checked it out, be sure to check it out. Uh, Dr. Nicholas Centino, who talked about, uh, you know, what was really, what really cool about Nico is, is he could talk, you know, he could give a great historical laydown of, of like, of a rich cultural history behind all the swing dance stuff. And instead, he was like, you know, he's like, instead, I'm going to talk about the future and about, and he kind of used kind of like uh, some statistics about how like we're not going to be a majority country long, right? Like the the white majority is is becoming more and more of a minority, and so you know by like 20, 30, 40, 50 years, our country is going to look really different. And, and you know, and he was talking about how like if we want the swing scene to survive for that long, we have to like look towards that future, and we have to like, you know think have, have that kind of in the back of our minds about and you know we, we talk a lot one of the interesting themes that I think has been a common theme on integrated rhythm is the importance of of family in the black American experience and how that relates to the dancing and and swing dancing and swing dancing's history so it's a you know it's a family affair and how you know that generational way of thinking of like it's not just us right now enjoying this dance it's you know, it's the future enjoying this dance and it's the past that gave us this dance. And how can we like think about all those things together? Yeah. 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 Nico, man, I think <laughs> he's just a boss. Right. And so I, I do think that notion of not only where are we now, but where are we going? And um, just that reminder that it's important, like diversity is important, not just, um now but when we look at who is actually having children and who's going to be around and making decisions like um it's only beneficial to be inclusive so yeah yeah then after that marie marie and i once again doc, dr marie and i yeah which sounds like a, it sounds like a uh British period drama, Dr. Marie and I. <laughs> and you picture there being just like lots of fields and, uh, and yeah. Anyway, uh, but Marie and I talked about how, you know, uh, if we want to do this, you know, if we want to like welcome more black people into the scene and people of color and, uh, we also have to, you know, make sure to fix 
you know, it's, it's not about getting more fuel in the scene's tank of, you know, energy. It's also about like figuring out where the leaks are. This is my analogy, by the way, she doesn't make this analogy. Uh, but you know, like the, the leaks in the fuel tank, why do people of color and other people want to leave the scene? Why do they not stick around for very long? You know, we got to fix those things before we can truly, you know, have a safe place for more people to be welcomed into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of addressing that revolving door. And, um, I, I know that this comes up later, but it makes me think about the notion of safety. Um, and as we develop safe spaces, safe space policies, I know lots of different employers. So not just in swing dancing, but employers in general have been asking the question, how do we keep our employees safe? How do we at, um, educational institutions, how do we keep our students safe, et cetera. Um, and safety is tricky because safety is determined by the people who are undergoing the experience and not necessarily by anybody else. So um, I can't determine, Bobby, if you're safe, right? I might try to create an environment that is safe for you, um, but I'm doing that from my own perspective. And so, but, and I might think like, oh, I'm safe. The place that I make is safe. So of course you should feel safe, but that's not, the case, right? Only you can determine that. And so I think when we look at the issue of the revolving door and the leaks, as you mentioned, um, there has to be engagement with the people who are leaving to understand why that's happening. And we know from lots of conversation, um, in some cases, we do know why people are leaving, you know? And so um, it is incumbent upon us. It is, it is important for us to make changes so that more people feel safe, to make changes, to make sure that people who are rendered invisible um, are recognized, to make changes so that people who are rendered hyper-visible um, can exist without being um, hunted and so on. And so um, we have to ask, I know that a lot of people are kind of just jumping back into activities like we were before the pandemic, but I feel like this really should cause some pause, you know? Uh, so one thing she also mentioned, so she mentioned that, uh, you know, if, if you want to do this, if you're a, a white person or an, a non-black person who wants to, like, understand this, it's uh, books are a great place to go to, but they're not going to do it alone. You need to actually, you need to immerse yourself in, in the culture. Um, which I thought was uh, such a great point and such a uh, such a poignant point, if that is the way that should be said. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and 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 she she went on to say, you know, the the things that make her think of Black American culture and art are things like communication and rhythm and play and competition and improvisation and how all of those things are an important thing to understand about black American culture as a way of like kind of trying to understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. What a vague way for me to end that sentence, but there you go. But I, so Marie, 
um, Tina Morales and myself were all together in this section of Move Together. And so in the first section, there was really kind of the establishing of why why diversity, right? And so, and in this section we're talking about is the cultural heritage section. And so the the things that we're thinking about are the fact that swing dances are not just um, an art form, but they're socio-cultural. So there's a, a social aspect and this cultural aspect. And so if you don't come from those cultures um, and aren't acculturated in that social landscape, then how can you connect, connect to that? And so, so many people get into swing dancing later on in life and may not have like an understanding of the cultural underpinnings behind the dance. And so we are, um, what we've seen, especially in the last 30 or so years is that people have kind of um, learned some historical things and picked and chosen what's interesting to them. Um, but it's so important, not just to, kind of admire history from afar or um, kind of take and choose certain cultural elements, but to be immersed in that. And Bobby, I really love what you just mentioned about that, like getting to know the culture, like forming a relationship with the culture, a relationship with the people, which is a messier process, right? It's not, it's not as easy. It's not as codified as like learning this thing. Like this is what musicality means. This is what improvisation means. This is what, you know, like it, it, it's not that easy. It's, it's more about, um, asking some questions. And then even if you're in a culture, and this is one of the things that I think I said is that um, I'm, I'm Zambian, but I still have had to do some dedicated work to learn about my own history and my own culture. I, I've still needed to take some time to ask some questions and to get to know my family and to get to know my history in a way, um, rather than just it being a passing part of my life, I have to actually dive in and get into those messy places. And that has to do with my own culture. So what more of another culture, you know? So. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that makes me think of, um, you know, and, and even studying my own like waspy Southern culture, like I I'd spent most of my life just kind of going along with it. And, you know, because that was the norm. I was just like, oh, okay, this is who I am. And I do the things that I do because I choose to do them. It has nothing to do with generations of programming via society and where I grew up. Right. And so, you know, uh, and that's been a really, you know, that's, that was, that's been, that's not just something that I've, you know, that's not just a journey that I'm on for my own self awareness and my own understanding of who I am and where I come from. It's also been really important to my dance journey, right? Because I, we've talked about this before on the podcast that I was 18 before I took my first dance step. Like that was the first time that I really like thought to myself, I would like to move my body to music. And that's, that's the, ex that culture is the exception to the rule. When you look at everyone else in the world, like if you look at the world entire, that's the exception to the rule to like not have someone move to music until they're 18 years of old, you know, um, and you know, many people in my family still do not have the urge to get up and move to music. And, um, you know, the wedding, like, why is the wedding dance the, like one time that like so many people in waspy culture 
will decide to move themselves to music. But that's aside the point. Anyway, point being, yes, I agree with all this. Um, can we just also have an appreciation for your language? Because um, the, when you said, when we look at the whole world entire, like my heart just like, just took a moment. It was like, wow, what a beautiful turn of phrase. <laughs> just enamored in that moment. Like, yes, if we do look at the whole world entire. <laughs> so this also reminds me you know, I think our listeners, um, you know, hopefully listening to this podcast has been at least a small way that you can, you know, immerse yourself in in different cultures because, and it makes me think back to our our second or th our third episode, Zen AF with Stephanie A.K. Schilling. You should check it out. But that entire episode, we don't really talk about racism outright. Like we we're not tackling hard questions. That's just a conversation with a person of color about their life experiences and and things that we all have in common. Like that was a friend's conversation, but that's you know that's that's a great example of how it's not just about answering the hard questions. Yeah, um, I think in order to understand ourselves and other people in the full spectrum of our humanity, we have to look beyond just these specific codified moments of um, where where racism or dismantling oppression is a pat answer, right? We need to think about other experiences. Like, and, and this is why being intentional about intersectional lenses is really important as well, because there is there are compounding effects when you start thinking about COVID-19 or you start thinking about mental health or you start thinking about um, Healthcare in general, being a black woman, navigating healthcare and what that means and how you're perceived, you know, like so um, these or even thinking about um, uh, ableism, you know, and so it's, it's important. So I agree with you, Bobby. Yeah. You heard enough and now it's time for the break. You know that we here at Integrated Rhythm love supporting Black-owned businesses. Well, guess what? There is a huge Black-owned business right here in the swing dance scene, and that is the Black Lindy Hoppers Fund. They do incredible stuff. They're collecting oral histories of our legacy. They are do running workshops that are incredible with, you know, uh, online workshops that anyone can take part in and that their members can take part in and and they're they're just doing amazing stuff and it's headed by four incredible people uh two of which we've already had a pot on the podcast and two more of which we hope to have someday on the podcast but that's latasha barnes tina morales armstrong marie and and julia loving four incredible people in charge of such a thing are gonna do some incredible things and so please throw some money at them boo, 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 boo. Also, you should go to Black Lindy Hoppers Fund website and check out their resources tab. That thing will get you to instructors, musicians, DJs, MCs. That will get you to the black people that you would love to hire to make your event have great diversity and support the legacy of black American in jazz and jazz dance. 
Also, our music, once again, is Baron Ryan. Check out his music, baronryan.com. That is Laurel Ryan's brother, and he's awesome. You can also check out firstofitskind.net, which is where this music comes from. Rights-free music that anyone can use, including us. Hey, everybody, this is Bobby White from Integrated Rhythm. We're here to ask you to please consider donating to the podcast. You can do so by going to patreon.com slash integrated rhythm. You can do so by Venmoing at Bobby Swungover. And make sure to put a little IR in the note so we make sure it goes to the right people. You can also do so by PayPaling at Bobby White 3. And once again, putting a little IR in the, in the window there. Doing so will help us keep this podcast going, and we love doing it, and we hope you love it too. If you can't afford to donate at this time because times are rough, we totally understand. We don't want you to put yourselves out. We want you to keep enjoying the podcast for free. However, if you have a little bit of pocket change in your pocket, we would greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Thanks, and have a great day. No break is over. Now it's back to the show. Uh, next up, we had a little someone called Chisomo give a little talk on coloniality. Um, and, uh, you know, are we always asking black people to come to us into this majority white space as opposed to, you know, are in what ways are we asking to go to them? Um, are we taking the time to create relationships and an exchange of ideas, which I know just kind of like that does go into what we just talked about a little bit. Yeah, and I think the concept of coloniality is one that's definitely important to spend some time investigating because this is how um, these systems of oppression impact our everyday life, right? And so um, coloniality seeks to understand in order to control versus allowing others to express for themselves what it means to be. And so um, a thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently is the idea of should. Anytime we look at another person or another group and think they should do X, that in and of itself is essentially a, an expression of oppression. It might seem really mild um, or it might seem innocuous, but it, but it, that that notion of us thinking that somebody else should do something else, um, it should make us like it, that. That is making me take a step back these days. I'm like, whenever I have this, like, you should. I'm like, well, do they want to? Um, can they? What What are the other contributing factors and so on? Um, and then who is more often saying should? You know. And so if that, that group who's saying should is a marginalized group, I am more willing to ask myself, should I do this? But if the group thing should is a, a group that historically has had power, then I, I'm more likely to question that should. So, um, but coloniality is an interesting concept and construct because it, um, impacts the way that we see the world. So I'd definitely say, look it up. Check that out. Do some research. <laughs> yes, no, that's a that's 
No, that's a great way of putting it, the idea of should. And I've, I've said this before on the podcast, and it really is worth saying again occasionally. One of the most important things in my journey uh, was the time when I went from thinking, oh, yes, we should absolutely have uh, people of color. We should absolutely have people from all different living experiences be a part of this dance. Uh, going from that mindset to then adding on, and I should not try to control the outcome. Because it was one thing to say, oh, yeah, we should invite more people into the space. But in my head, thinking like, and then the dance will look like this and have like a clear idea in my head of what it's supposed to look like. And then when I took that idea away, like, oh, no, no, because I'm no longer, you know, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm now a co-ownership with all these other experiences and us together are what's going to decide what the scene is going to be. I'm, you know, so letting go of that, like, sense of ownership over the scene was a very important step in, in my own process. Yeah, sorry, I was snapping and agreeing. Yeah, I love that. Letting go of the outcome and allowing things to be what they are. I love that, Bobby. Um, yeah, and co-owning, going back to that idea of reciprocal engagement, right? Um, I think sometimes when we, I know I've experienced this, where um, when the idea is, okay, we need diversity, so let's go out and get some diversity. And I end up being one of those people that's chosen to be like part of that diverse group. So I'm like, okay, so I'm here, I'm here, why? I'm here, oh, for diversity. And then they're like, okay, you are the black person and you are going to do the black person thing, you know? And so it's a very prescribed, like people are like, they're well-intentioned, but there's a very prescribed notion of what your role is as the diverse person coming in. Like, you're going to do this thing. And so then I'm like, okay, then I'll just be here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And like, and I like, you know, uh, it's understandable that it can be hard to let go of that, you know, for, for some people, I, I totally get it. I, myself, you know, I've invested so much care in, in, in so much of my life in, you know, the scene and, and what the dancing means to me that it can be, you know, it, again, like it was, it was kind of like, it was kind of like stepping off of a cliff a little bit to be like, just let go of, of, you know, what you think the future of this dance should be. And it turned out to be kind of like in Indiana Jones and the last crusade when he takes that step and he just like whoop steps on, on a piece of rock that is painted perfectly like the cliff from whatever angle that you look at. Um, it's a very impressive paint job. Um, but the point the the analogy stands that, uh, so far, it's been an incredibly rewarding experience, and uh, if anything, you know, it, it relieves your, it relieves some of the pressure of anxiety of like, you know, there's a lot of anxiety about what the future of the scene looks like, especially when you're not, you're like, well, we need it to be more X, Y, and Z, and we need to like get that, you know, as soon as possible, and and there's a lot of understandable anxiety with that, and uh, the the idea of kind of like in a in a, a healthy way letting go of what you think the scene should look like 50 years from now and kind of leaving it up to 
the scene as a whole to make that decision, especially as it gets more diverse, especially as these changes start to take effect. Now break is um, over, now it's back to the show. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like we should be optimistic. <laughs> Absolutely. So then they had Lori, Lori Taniguchi, uh, came on and talked about Elif, which if you don't know is everybody leads, everyone follows. And it's a style of teaching that was developed specifically the, the Elif kind of trademark. It's not really trademark, but we got to give a shout out to Randy Maestretti and Kara Britt or to Kara Britt and Randy Maestretti who put together this, this lesson concept in that Lori was talking about. And, um, and yeah, so you should check, you know, check that out, listen more about that. Uh, but another thing that Tori, uh, Lori mentioned was forming your swarm, which is uh, where you get a group of people together to bounce ideas off of, to kind of keep the conversation going and to help give you a little bit of social motivation to help keep yourself thinking about these things and bouncing, again, bouncing ideas off of each other. And I thought that was such a, you know, she's form your swarm immediately. Uh, everyone was like, yeah, form your swarm. Cause it's a great way of putting it. And uh, that definitely, like I already have a group of, I already have some friends that I bounce ideas off of, you know, such as Chisomo. And then I realized that, oh wait, we could like, I could go a few steps further and like kind of, you know, try to make it a thing to, with friends who are enthusiastically consenting to such a relationship of of kind of playing idea playing around with ideas and kind of constantly having uh check-ins with with my friends yeah i it, it's a wonderful way to keep moving you know i think the question is so last year um 2020 was a wild year um and so in that we had covid and then we also had the death of george floyd which kicked off um this seemingly new sense of realization, right? So we, we, I always like to say that um, we know that these issues have been happening for a long time. This isn't, this is not new, but in 2020, we had a collective awareness that um, rivaled the 1960s, right? And in many ways um, set off the largest global civil rights movement um, that we've ever seen, because it wasn't just the United States. This was a ripple effects throughout the world. So now we're a year later, we're in the summer of 21. What has happened? What are we doing? How are we moving forward? And what are we going to save ourselves in the summer of 22? And I think the notion of form your swarm helps people keep themselves accountable and helps to drive conversations forward in an organic way, right? Because we can, we see what change looks like when it's not organic or when people are really only like elevating platitudes because they think that they have to. But when you're in a community, you are more likely to do some really interesting things. And Bobby, in a previous episode, you've talked about this phenomenon when like people, when innovation has sparked and like these amazing mavericks, so to speak, have come out of the woodwork. And we often look at those individuals, but those individuals existed in a community, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one, one of the things I love about Lori's, you know, form your swarm kind of way of, of thinking about it is, uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot about, you know, the great books 
and, and great reading, great resources for you to go to to educate yourself on. And those are obviously very important. Uh, we, uh, you know, that's, that's a very important part of the experience of, of awareness growing. Uh, something that about Form Your Swarm that I found really appealing is that it encapsulates that kind of book club aspect of it and then grows it because now now you're not just reading books and talking about the books and ideas now you're bouncing ideas off of each other about what can you do in your scene what you know what's the next step that you can take locally to to enact some of the things that you've been learning about through your education so i yeah i just form your swarm yeah it's great and and buzz right swarm and then take that swarm keep moving so it's also got energy man Lori. Yeah. So great. Shout out to Lori Taniguchi. The next thing that happened, and you should definitely check this out if you're a promoter or involved in your local promotion, scene promoting, band hiring, any of that kind of stuff, you should definitely check out the part of the Move Together talk where Tina Morales Armstrong and Michael Gamble talked about their events and how they work their events and how they think about hiring and a lot of the ideas that they've been playing with the last few years. Uh, lots of great info there that, uh, yeah, you should definitely just go and check out. Uh, then Move Together showed this really cool like infomercial hot take on a group called Swing Diversity, which is doing stuff in the West Coast swing community. And I have to say that was really cool little uh you know their, their infomercial was really cool they're doing not only training and offering scholarships they're also doing a lot of work gathering statistics and showing like the history of their scene and statistics based on like you know um racial experiences cultural backgrounds age uh all sorts of stuff so that they can see where they've been see where they are and see where they're going when they get there uh, but Dory came on, uh, Dr. Dory Segev and Hillary Alexander. Uh, Dory talked about how vaccine-only events are, in his opinion, the only reasonable way to get to dancing uh, safely again and responsibly again. And again, like if if you have questions about that or if you're wondering, you know, what all went into that, we're not doctors, so we don't feel the safest in talking about it. But you should go listen to Move Together and check out that part. So that's. That's happens near the end. I'm, I'm just now doing a play-by-play -play of the thing, which I didn't necessarily want to do because I want you all to watch it. But, hey, you can also use this as like a, a guide to your journey through the Move Together talk. And then finally, Chisomo, who is awesome, gave the fastest PowerPoint presentation in the history of PowerPoint presentations. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yes that was that was funny <laughs> i yeah was i the one with the powerpoint i think i might have been the only one with the powerpoint i think you were the only one with the powerpoint <laughs> but it was great you had a powerpoint you had yeah. you know intriguing visuals and eye-catching information uh slides and yeah <laughs> It was great. Thank you. I um yes, I did because I I try to say I'm not type A and I don't really think I am, but the fact that I had a PowerPoint and like had to stick to the PowerPoint uh, also is really great 
data and evidence that I might have type, type A tendencies. Type A-ish. Yes. A-ish. A-ish. But yeah, I did, I did have a little PowerPoint. Were there any specific things that stuck out to you in, in that situation? How fastly you're trying to get through it because they were trying to uh, <laughs> in in the thing. <laughs> it was. It was like it was this fantastic. was supposed to be twenty minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. And, but you you ended it so beautifully with that um, with that quote from your Zambian uh, president. Was it the president? Yeah. Yeah. So recently. Um, Kenneth Kaunda, who was our founding president in Zambia, um, he just passed away. And so that is, um, it's it's a moment of mourning, not just from, for Zambia, but for um, countries all over Africa. In fact, there was um, a ceremony in Kenya a, a few days ago. And so um, Kenneth Kaunda was one of many freedom fighters, one of many African leaders. Um, I, I've given this, I've given presentations about Zambia's history and political structures. Um, I've actually actually have a kind of standing guest speaking arrangement with a with one of the political science professors at BW at my university. And whenever I talk about um, independence. I talk about it as a time of revolution, and it was a global time of revolution because Zambia gained independence in 1964. If you think about where the world wa was in 1964, what was happening in the U.S. in 1964, it was truly this time of fighting for independence in a variety of different ways. And in fact, Martin Luther King Jr. came to Zambia and um, had uh, a relationship with Kenneth Kaunda. So this person is incredibly important in terms of uh, as a historical figure, as a figure um, who has galvanized people. And so um, when we think about the phrase move together, the idea is it, it obviously is um, a turn of phrase associated with dancing, but it's also a turn of a turn of phrase associated with moving our society, our community forward together. Um, and so when I was asked to do the closing statement, they, the um, visionaries behind Move Together really wanted something that would call to this idea of unity. And in Zambia and Africa, we have this naturally embedded concept of unity through the construct of Ubuntu, um, U-B-U-N-T-U. So, um, and you can see that in the leadership in Africa and you could see that with Kenneth Kaunda. So I'm, I'm not telling you exactly what I said so that you can watch Move Together. <laughs> but but that gives you some context for my my closing. Awesome. Did you have any last thoughts that you wanted to say? Because uh, Chisoma was part of the part of the background. She was part of the organization. Um, by the way, you can still contribute to the organization, and a lot of those contributions are going to the Black Lindy Hoppers Fund. So once again, check it out on YouTube. You can go and watch it, and also still donate. And I mean, again, you'll just get so much information from it. Chisomo, any last words? Yeah, I would say I know that as people move forward, um, oftentimes the question is, what, well, what do I do? What's my role in this? 
And um, I think that move together is a great resource in and of itself. And I would also encourage you while you're watching stuff um, to watch last year's move together uh, presentation as well, because last year talked a lot about the current landscape in 2020 and um, why we were where we were and and thinking about the perspectives of black musicians, black dancers, having some understanding of the history and why we are here. Um, so I would encourage you to look at that, but then also review this year's because this year has a number of resources. Um, and so in asking the question, what can I do? I would think about um, having a trauma-informed approach. And there are some really great resources readily available to you. The CDC actually has um, the six guiding principles to having a trauma-informed approach. And, and this is really important in all interactions. The, the first principle is safety. So that notion of safety that I was talking about, where you want to consider somebody else's safety, and in order to do that, you have to ask them. You can't make assumptions about what you're doing that makes other people feel safe. Um, and so starting from there, collaboration is also one of the principles. So this idea of reciprocity and collaboration, having a back and forth exchange is so important. Um, and so there are things that we can do in our everyday. I would also say if you're a teacher, there are lots of great resources about inclusive pedagogy. And um, I have so many thoughts about inclusive pedagogy, but I'll suffice it to say right now, um, check out Columbia University's Center for Teaching and Learning online. Um, if you type in inclusive pedagogy, I believe workbook, that there are guiding principles for inclusive pedagogy. And so there, it's free. There are free resources. You can download PDFs at, where you get really great information about how to be inclusive. Um, and so there's so much information out there and we can make our scenes better. We can make our interactions better. We just have to do some work and then ask some questions and develop relationships. And so things aren't gonna be better tomorrow, but we should make incremental steps towards change. And so those are my some of my thoughts about that. Those are fantastic thoughts. I, I can say that you know here in New York, things are beginning to open up again. Uh, I'm starting to teach classes again. I'm teaching privates. I'm even going to be hosting a dance for once a month, which is really exciting for me. Um, and I'm trying, it's just on the one hand, there's a lot of work to be done about like how to do these the best ways that we can for the future that we want. On the other hand, it's also really exciting because there's a whole bunch of new ideas we get to try and we get to, you know, we get to do some new stuff and see how it goes. And that, that's really exciting for me. Yeah. And so I hope everyone has an exciting time working to have some awesome stuff happen with the scene now that everyone's coming back. Yeah. And I think I love your growth mindset. I love your um, enthusiasm and excitement um, because the bumps in the road that you'll come into, because you will come into bumps in the road, um, those are opportunities to learn. And so I, I love that you're like, we're gonna do this, let's try it out, let's go. Yeah. All right, Integrated Rhythm, we are so excited. We have our first piece of listener mail. That's right, you heard us right, our first piece of listener mail. Um, but this is a dancer in the UK. Uh, we won't use their name because they did not give us any specific you know, desire or permission to do so. 
Um, but they said, thank you for your podcast. To answer your question, what would you have done? This is from our three little girls. Uh, by the way, so the three little girls episode, if you don't want to go back and listen to this awesome philosophical conundrum, the Basic idea is that myself and my wife, two white people, were dancing in our park when three black girls came up and said they loved what we were doing. We were throwing around some air steps. They said they loved what they were what we were doing, and we said thanks, and they want us to do it again. And I had the conundrum. We had the conundrum of like, do we like go into the history? Do we say this is your dance, a black American dance? And you know, there's obviously lots of things to think about regarding that, which we go into in the episode. And at the end of that episode, we said, by the way, what would you have done? Let us know. Send in your replies. And so this is a reply to that. They said, to answer your question, what would you have done? I would have asked the girls if they wanted to see some other steps and begun some jazz steps to see if they copied and had a go. Depending on if they were enjoying dancing, I would either have stayed with the jazz or had them try an eight-count rhythm or had them take turns to be a pair to try a glide. By the way, I don't know what a glide is, but that might be a British term for a dance step. The hope being that they may go home and recruit a fourth friend to have a go. I would definitely have used the words jazz and Lindy Hop. Then they said, I train teachers of young children and so feel comfortable, but I can imagine why Bobby didn't know what to do. Most adults not used to small children, especially groups of them, feel unsure even without the emotionally loaded issue of race. It was interesting that Bobby used the term manipulative, but in a neutral way. Teaching and educating is basically manipulation, but using your manipulative powers for good rather than evil. Hope the life situation resolves itself as well as it can. Thank you, listener. So that was our listener's response. Um, yeah, so I didn't understand all the term terminology in there, but I, got, I think I got the basic idea that they were saying, you know, okay, so start maybe... Start maybe showing them some stuff and make sure to drop some important names like Jazz or Lindy Hop, which, yeah, that's uh, that that could have gone somewhere, as, especially as they mentioned. You know, if, if they seem interested, you know, you can keep going. But otherwise, you know, they're kids. They're just running around. They might be interested. They might not be. I don't know. Just someone, did you have any thoughts? I, I thought the um, idea of starting some sort of back and forth, especially um, – considering solo jazz so you're not having the like um physical contact question in there i thought that that was uh, an interesting starting point i, yeah, I like that's that a good point um it, it it would be i also feel like the part that i think i would have probably been curious about from this listener is like how do you engage the conversation you know i i also i also work with quite a few uh, little friends and I love to hear their stories and then also tell them stories. So um, I, I would be curious about how, how other people might initiate a conversation about the history of jazz, because I, I believe that we can do that, right? I, I believe that we can give like a bite-sized something to um, two little ones. Um, and so I, I, yeah, I Bobby, I love this question. I love the fact that you you threw that out there and I would love to hear more from other people. And so thank you so much to the listener who wrote to us. It's super exciting for us to get mail. I, I don't know if you ever remember your first email ever, but I do. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know, it's just so exciting. Those of you out there, 
We would love to hear your answers to the Three Little Girls conundrum. INTRhythm at gmail.com. That's I-N-T-R-H-Y-T-H-M at gmail.com. I think it's really hard to spell rhythm in my head. So, you know, might want to run that through spell check as well. INTRhythm at gmail.com. Which Chisomo is sign languaging, even though we're not quite sure yet if we're going to videotape this. But it's good to have there if we do show the video on YouTube. By the way, you can see all of our episodes, or not all of them. You can see many, there are a lot of them on YouTube and they're on videos. Why am I still talking? I don't know. Integrated rhythm with Chisomo.